kept simple. And from that moment, I started enjoying New York City again. I'm like, wow, New York City is back. The energy, the the power of the city is back. Like, I just get like, I still talking about it and I get the chills. It's just like, it was just amazing to see after a very hard year of the pandemic, the city was back. And it was just like the best, it was the best experience. I was like crying. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. This is Anne. Hi there. This is Ali. Hello, hello. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. We're back with another episode. It's the holiday season, I think. Can I call it that? Yeah, it's November 30th, so I think we're officially in the holiday season. Um, speaking of, I just ordered a couple of bags of Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. So guys, if anybody's looking for a gift for a coffee lover or wants to convert someone to be a coffee lover, <laughs> convert Jamaican Blue Mountain is the way to go. I think Anne would agree with me. We used to we used to rate coffees, and I think if you remember from our previous episodes, Ozone Coffee was pretty high up on our list. It's really good, a company from New Zealand. But for me, ever since my trip to Jamaica and discovering the Jamaican Blue Mountain, it's definitely topped Ozone. So that's on top of my list of my favorite coffees. I actually learned about it when you did your birthday Zoom party mm-hmm. last year. Uh, with a coffee judge it was like a one of those airbnb experiences mm-hmm. um, a coffee judge from mexico i forget his name but he recommended to try that ricardo like, oh, ricardo yes and it was who like, i called roberto because <laughs> of roberto <laughs> I, I remember that. i actually messaged you on the side i'm like hey he's ricardo not roberto um <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jamaican Blue Mountain, you can go to bluemountaincoffee.com to order to to get it chipped. It's a little bit on the pricey side, but trust me, it is absolutely worth it. I'm having it right now. So it's yeah. top shelf coffee. So I've been stuck on, stuck in quotation marks, um, addicted to the local coffee up here on Martha's Vineyard, the Chillmark Coffee Company coffee, which I'm going to save that for another time because hoping to get him on the podcast. Little teaser. Yeah, a little teaser. I was thinking that we might need to change our uh, podcast name to Chill Zoomy Tuesdays because <laughs> we're no longer at the track together and it's never on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we we do go to the track, so that's happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, guys, don't worry. We'll we'll keep the original alive. <laughs> uh, this is just the, you know, the pandemic anxiety talking. It's a cry for help. <laughs> cry for help. Yeah. Speaking of help, can you tell us about our Patreon? Yeah, so because we took a hiatus, we had actually put our Patreon billing on hold. We have a few subscribers on Patreon who were members on Patreon of Chill Track Friday. Um, so you, we're going to resume that. So if you want to support us and support this podcast, please do go to patreon.com slash chill track Friday uh, and subscribe. It is $2 a month. Well, they're different. Uh, different levels but it starts at two dollars and also please leave us a you know a rating or a review about the podcast what you like what you don't like how we can improve on any of the any of the platforms whether it's itunes you know apple podcasts or um, spotify wherever you wherever you're listening to it that would help us greatly thank you you're welcome (laughs) who's our guest today Oh, today we are speaking with anna johnson who was just recently part of the elite female field at the New York City Marathon where she ran a 244 11 11 sorry <laughs> I've got 16 stuck in my head that's 616 pace which is just incredible mm-hmm. 
Anna is a an oncology nurse at Memorial Sloan Kettering, and she moved to the United States from Mexico when she was uh, 18, and she has this wonderful story of coming here and her experience and getting to this elite level in her running. She's just such a talented runner and such a beautiful person and so much fun to to hang out with. And um, she is also a member of the Dashing Whippets running team, which is the team that I run for in New York as well. So I'm so honored to um, call her a teammate. It's a great conversation and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Anna. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. So Anna, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. We have been following you for a while. You've been on the show before, actually, with a, with a few of your friends. We did a whole panel interview. Um, and slowly but surely, we're bringing each one of you back to give you like an episode of your own because you all deserve to tell that story to inspire our listeners. We want to get a lot more detailed about you know where the journey began for you and how you got to where you are. So let's let's go back. Like, what did what are your earliest memories of running and how that you know how that got started for you? Well, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Anna. I'm originally from Mexico uh, in the north side called Torreon, Coahuila. So um, everything started when I was a kid, about, when I was about five years old. Um, my parents, they were marathoners. Um, so they introduced me to the running world. And um, they always... Um, want me to run with them they used to take me to the kids races so I really love it like I like it I love it I have fun and then I was good at it I and from that moment I'm like I love this I love the I love to be a runner <laughs> and then um then I run my first half marathon when I was about 10 or 11 without stopping. And my mom was like, oh, wow, you can do it. It's really, pretty amazing. So I remember that and very well, everybody was like proud of me, you know. And then when I was 18 years old, um, I run my first marathon in my hometown. I uh, call it Marathon Lala. And I just did it for a hobby. My parents trained me, just run every day. It wasn't no workout, just run every day. and. And yeah, I run it. I did like 330. And yeah, it was it was great. I love I love I love the marathon experience and everything. So that's where it began. And then later on, I came to this country when I was 18 years old. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I I'm going to take us even back if you can answer a little bit more. So your parents were runners. They were into running. Like, is that how they encourage you to get into running? Yes, just seeing my parents uh, training every day. They used to go to the workouts. They used to go to the track. And not just like I say, mom, I want to go with you. And my mom is like, come. So I literally used to wake up. I remember 5.30 in the morning. And I was a little, I probably I was seven or eight years old back then. And I'm like, I love I just love that. I love to go to the track. I love to run hard with you. And I love to see the other runners just um, just training hard. And and my, I mean, I, I love it. My parents were my role model and I just wanted to run with them. And that was a really beautiful experience that I had. Um, what what started running for them? I'm, I'm just so curious about that, right? Like a lot of times, like so many of our other 
runners who either started early because they were, you know, they got on a cross country team and then like, you know, then took a break or some people started way later in life. So, but for you, it, it was like so early on with parents being role models. So I'm very curious what started it for them. For them. Um, well, my, my dad was always very athletic. He was always doing sports since mm-hmm. like since the beginning. Um, he was doing basketball, karate, always exercising. Whereas my mom, she was not really into any sports. She, she was just more like, eh, whatever. But then they got married. And so my dad introduced running world to my mom. And my dad is like, come on, let's just run, do this. And my mom is like, no, no. So finally, he convinced her. And uh, I started running together. And my mom, my dad trained my mom for her first marathon. And she started later. She started like around when she was 37, 38. So she was a little older. And she ran her first marathon and she fell in love with the marathon and everything. From that point, she never stopped running. And she ended up doing 22 marathons. Like every year she was just running marathons and marathons. So yeah, thanks to my dad. He was the athletic one in, in the family. That's amazing. Yeah. When you ran your first half, how did you feel after? I mean, obviously your were your parents like really involved in encouraging you or did they let you find your way to it yourself? They were encouraged me, but they were never strict about like, you have to run, you have to do this. You have, no, no, no. They just let me do whatever I want to do. I think that was the, the key for me to keep running and just enjoying the sport, whereas just be competitive. So um, they were pretty impressed. They're like, oh, my little girl can do a half marathon without stopping. I think I was kind of like the last runner, but you know, I did it. So yeah, it was, it was just a nice experience. <laughs> And then after you finish the marathon, I mean, I don't, a lot of people have that experience, the first one of while they're running it, thinking, oh my God, I'm never doing this again. And then you finish and you're like, oh, that was amazing. Sign me up again. Do you remember how you felt while you were running it? Oh, during the marathon, I really love it. I think I was, I did like, I was just having a great time. I, I remember it wasn't competitive I just run for fun and I I was just waving I remember that very well I was just like this is so cool and I don't recall I don't think I was like dying myself I was okay yeah and then I finished I'm like I want to do it again (laughs) that was my first I'm like I love running so then you moved moved to the United States what was that you know um, what was that journey like? And then how did, how did you, you know, pick up running in the U S itself? So I moved to the United States. Um, I supposed to be here for one year, um, just to learn English as a second language. I used to be a nanny back then. Um, so then, um, my mom is like, go learn English then come back and start college in Mexico. That was a plan, but that never happened. So I was here for one year and then, you know, it was really tough. It was very, very tough the first few months. I was crying, homesick. I'm like, mom, I, I can't. I, could, I couldn't speak the language. Nobody could understand me. I mean, I still have an accent. But anyway, back then, could you imagine? Uh, it was awful. So after six, seven months, I started meeting people, meeting friends, kind of like having fun. I could understand the language better. So I was having a good time. Um, then after a year, uh, the program was ending. I had to go back to Mexico the family, the American family asked me to stay 
longer with them. And they offer me a student visa. They sponsor me for a student visa so I can start college in the United States. I say, all right, so let me try for, for a few months and see what happened. And then I still longer, but still like I was not, I was a little lonely, you know, I used to commute to New York every weekend because New York was like, ah, that's my, my dream is like the beautiful city where the energy and everything is. And I always wanted to live in New York, but I feel like that dream was almost impossible. I'm like, I'm here in New Jersey. I'm going to go back to Mexico. That's never going to happen. And then I was thinking, ah, you know what, just a few months more here in New Jersey. And then I'll go back to Mexico. I'll, I'll you know, I start college. So one of those weekends when I was in New York, so I was hanging out in Times Square by myself, drinking water. I remember it was a Saturday night, 7 p.m., like on 59 and Broadway, and a lot of people, and my my first love and my husband right now, he was he happened to be right there. Um, he was crossing the street. He looked at me, I look at him, and then he turned around. And I turn around to him and he's like, hey. <laughs> so we just, he started he start talking to me and we connect. <laughs> we connect and then he, um, he would just chat and everything. And then we exchange numbers and I say, he's never going to call me. But no, he did. He called me and we start dating from that point. After two years of dating back and forth, you know, I just live in New Jersey. I used to commute to New York to see him every week. And I'm like, I'm in New York. We move in together. And that's how my my dream to live in New York City started. <laughs> Anna, there was a, that was such a twist in the story because when you said 59th and Broadway, I was like, oh, that's where you saw all the runners. <laughs> I and then you joined too. a running group and then all of a sudden you just, it just totally changed into a different direction. I love that. That was awesome. Yeah. It's so great. And it's amazing how romance just like totally can change, like changes the trajectory of everyone's life. It's amazing. It is. It is. After you feel like, you know, lonely and it's like, I'm never going to have a find a boyfriend in this big city. I'm like, I will always say you never know. <laughs> <laughs> what is your husband's name? Aaron. Is he a runner as well? No. Which is okay. I mean, it's a good balance. He stayed with the kids and support me in different way. I think if he would be a runner like me, it would be kind of hard, you know, to take care of the kids and it would be too much. So it's okay. And I know exactly what you mean about the, you know, the energy of the New York, especially as like, you know, I, I immigrated and moved to New York. And I think just even if I was nearby in a different city or in a different state, there's a welcoming quality about New York, right? Like you can... Even if you have a language barrier, for some reason, it doesn't matter, right? Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. How did, you, how did you get into racing in New York? My first year in the United States, I kind of like stopped running. I was kind of like, you know, very sad, depressed. I just wanted to be back in my hometown. But, and so I didn't run. And, and then after, after a year, I started running, you know, just like a hobby. As a hobby. And then, um, and then when I moving to New York with my husband now uh, I'm like let me just run more and so I was running and then we he used to live like 10 minutes away from Central Park so I used to go there Central Park every day that's how I got introduced to the New York City running community uh, because one of my best friends in New York she was running uh, behind me I mean, years ago this is like 2000. 
2005 probably yeah so she was running uh behind me and I remember I was going through the Harlem Hill and I was like who is behind me you know usually you know there are just guys who want to like just be competitive and pass me but no it was a girl on the hall so she started just uh she passed me and she's like hey we start talking and chatting I'm like hi how are you so from that moment on that she was my my first friend in New York you know my first uh, runner friend and and then and then she invited me for runs later on and then she introduced me to the running community so I met my first team uh women's team uh with uh Gordon it was my first team and I love it. I love the experience. I went to meet all the girls. I went to the workouts. I was like, this is awesome. That started. And then I joined, um, I went to college. I went to City College and then I went to NYU. So I did for, I did cross, uh, cross country and track and field. So I started doing a lot of more speed, more competitive. And that's when I, when I started running uh, the New York City Marathon. And my first time that I broke three hours and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> That's amazing. I just want to go back for one second and just say, I love the fact that the woman who was behind you was Gordon, Gordon Bakulas, because she's one of our favorite people and she's probably the only person that could run to your pace. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your university days and uh, what you studied? Oh yeah. So I went to, um, City College to use my credits for biology, pre-requirements for the nursing nursing school. And I did that. And then I joined the, uh, they invited me to do track and field with them and cross, uh, cross country. And I got a, a scholarship. You know, we used to go to the meets, travel all over, um, you know, you, United States and do meets every, every weekend. I like that experience. It was, it was fun. I, I really got like the track and cross country got me faster, like got out of my comfort. Definitely. I think it was pretty hard. The cross country go, we used to go to Van Cortland and do these difficult races. Uh, that Van Cortland park is really pretty difficult, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And then after that, I transferred to NYU for nursing school. And that's where I kept doing my, my running as well with the team. Um, I mean, it's division three is not as competitive, but still, it got me out of my comfort zone, just keep doing track and field and cross, cross country. So, yeah. So I, I went to city college too. Okay. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, and Megan Foster was teaching there too. So there's like a double connection, right? <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome. I keep finding more and more people from city college or, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've shared the same buildings. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, can you tell our listeners what you do for a living? Uh, so I got my first job after college at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. I got very lucky because, as you probably already know, it's one of the best hospitals for cancer in the world. So we have so many patients from coming from all over the world to get treatment at our hospital. So, yeah, I started there in 2011 and I'm still there. I love it. I work in the GI unit. So it's gastrointestinal and hepatobiliary unit. So I do both medicine and surgery patients. So it's pretty overwhelmed. I will say it's kind of sad because my patients that I take care of, they have liver, pancreas, or um, esophagus cancer. Or some, sometimes I see a lot of colon cancer. So it's kind of pretty busy unit. That's hard. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty intense. Um, how do you see your running in connection to your work? Is it is it more of an more of an outlet for you? Your running, though, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm very curious to hear that, especially since you've been doing it since such a young age, or is it more like it complements it? Like you apply the lessons that you've learned through running at work, and vice versa, like the things that you learn at work maybe apply to your running in some shape or form. Working, I always say, like when I'm more working, I'm in a different world because if you are there, you see my patients and their families struggling to survive, to fight this battle with cancer. And it's, it's very sad, it's very overwhelmed to be there. You know, that's totally different. And then I get out of work, I come home, I hug my kids and I always thank God for, for the help, for the love that I have. And I always just, we have to keep smiling and be positive in life. And, and I do, running because running is for me is my therapy it's my therapy it gets rid of my stress you know from works and it that's what I am you know running is what I I love the most and and I think it's it's a good balance I think it's a good balance between my work and my running and and my family it'll help me to keep going through the day and and feel better the next day to go back to work and do the same thing Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your kids my kids so i have uh two boys uh will aaron is he's a eight-year-old and tristan he's a six-year-old boy so um there are two little ones funny a lot of um they're they're pretty active they run a lot (laughs) and uh yeah they are they're just my life any half marathons in their futures (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) I mean, I will say the little one, Tristan, he's, a, I think he's more like me, hopefully. <laughs> he likes to run and I'm a little like, he can run and run without stopping, probably like a mile and a half without stopping. And he doesn't complain. He just likes to run. I was like, maybe he's like me. But again, I don't push him. I just say, if you want to run, just run. I took him to the New York Runners races and they both like it. They're like, oh, cool. The little one is more competitive. So I think he probably will do a half marathon in a few years. <laughs> is your younger son the one who is featured in the kids race at the dash? Yes. <laughs> That's great. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great photograph. Isn't it? And then I go to the expo and I see Tristan there. I was like, what? And I say, That's my son. The promo. That's, that's so awesome. What a great gift. So you didn't know, right? It was it was a surprise. It was a big surprise. I mean, and then I went to Central Park and he's in a big pose there. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? And I promise I didn't say and I, I didn't even know. It was a totally big surprise before my New York City marathon. I was like, oh, I need this. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> that is so great. What an yeah, epic so gift. Hopefully, hopefully he will become a runner. Yeah. Will um uh, maybe you can create a diptych of like you running that half marathon at at 10 years old and you know his picture from uh, from that race that would be that would be pretty awesome <laughs> yeah I do have a picture actually I have to find it um can we talk about the New York City Marathon this year of course. <laughs> yeah well a few years but just recently you ran an amazing race and I we were both tracking you you ran uh, 244.11. That's 
for our listeners at 616 pace. I was just, I mean, in such awe and admiration watching your splits click off. And I was laughing because I was like, your 10K is like my dream 10K time. (laughs) And you were doing that for another 20.2 miles. It's just amazing. Or 0.1. It's just amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Can, I mean, we all, you know, it's been a tough couple years for the world and, um, you know, everyone kind of has their own personal journeys as well as what's been going on globally with the pandemic. And, um, there were a lot of interruptions to training and racing for everyone. And can you just tell us a little bit about what the past two years were for you with your kind of build up to this performance, which was almost to this, I think you were like 30 seconds within what you ran the last time you ran New York, which is amazing because it's two years later. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I think through the pandemic, um, I worked, I worked hard at the hospital with all when the pandemic began, it was very overwhelmed. I think it was one of the most challenging, scariest, scariest experience in my career. Uh, But I had to work. I had no choice. And I just, you know, we we have uh, infectious disease guideline, guidelines, but we never know what was going on with this virus. Yeah. It was very unpredictable. So what we did is just take care of ourselves, take care of our patients, and that's how we went. But Memorial Sloan Kettering always was always for us. He had a great resources guidelines and a lot a lot of support for the employers and their families and. I'm just very lucky to be there. They they did a great job. I never stopped training. I never stopped running. And I think that was the key for me to keep, as I already, already mentioned, running is my therapy. And, and I just kept running. And I was kind of getting motivated with the virtual races that Trials for Miles were hosting in New York City. So I found a training group during the pandemic. Um, it was really like a bunch of us a bunch of us just we got together we did workouts together and and we just run and we run the virtual races and it was a lot of fun because not a lot of runners were they left new york they were indoors they didn't really want to go out but us we were just there and challenging and it was it was very very cool so um and i think that's why i kept in shape i really work on my speed I did a lot of track and I feel like not running a marathon in that year. I think that helped me, you know, to take a break, to take recovery because running a marathon, it's a lot of stress. You put a lot of stress in your body. So I think I just focus on the speed and everything and the small races. And I think that helped me, that helped me um, mentally, physically, and in every kind of aspect. What track do you use? We used to go to the East River track. I, I love that track. I don't know about East River, but during the pandemic, um, Riverbank was, and I was glad to see that there were so many people out and getting exercise, but it was like track workouts weren't happening there because it was too, it was too crowded unless you go at like five in the morning, but it's not open at five. So (laughs) (laughs) they were all scared. Yeah. Back to New York. Can you just walk us through that experience? And I mean, do you get nervous? Were you nervous for New York city? Oh my gosh. I was very nervous. I couldn't sleep for Oh, two nights before I hate that I get mm-hmm. I got anxiety so I was awake I was like oh my gosh I'm awake I'm not gonna run fast because I need my sleep I was freaking out but anyway it was okay 
but everything, all the experience just to be in the elite field once again, um, it, it's just an incredible experience just to see all the best talented runners in the world. Just be with them, have like dinner with them, the meetings with them, just super cool. You know, it's already started seeing my son first, being there in the post. I was like, oh, great. And then, um, and then race day, uh, getting ready, everything, the excitement. We were like warming up, getting ready to start. And then they asked me, Anna Johnson. I'm like, what? It's like, can you come and be in front next to Molly Saddle? I was like, what? No, 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 no. This is not happening. I mean, I'm not, I'm nobody to be in front. I'm like, no. It's like, I say, okay. I'm like, what is going on? It was like unbelievable. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm right there next to Molly. I say, hi, Molly. She's like, hey. We kind of like high five. It gave me, still like gave me the chills because just thinking about that moment, I was like, wow, it's like a dream. I'm like, it's like a dream come true. I never told myself just to be next to Molly Saddle, you know, in front of the TV and everything. And I was just amazing. So then we start running. Well, obviously I'm not going to run next to her because I can't. <laughs> She's totally different level so I went all behind the professional runners and I run with my with the local runners in New York City with Kate Leanne and Jessica so we had like a really good race together we worked really well together and you know we kept simple and from that moment I started enjoying New York City again I'm like wow New York City is back the energy the the power of the city is back. Like, I just get, like, I still talking about it and I get the chills. It's just like, it was just amazing to see after a very hard year of the pandemic, the city was back. And it was just like the best. It was just the best experience. I was like crying when people were like, oh, I was just like, oh. it, it really felt like, like we felt like heroes. So that that's pretty awesome because like you ran in 2019 too, and you've run New York, like, you know, you've seen the energy in New York. I wasn't running, but I was a spectating. And even just as a spectator, I felt the energy being different. I don't know if it was any different in reality, but just because of the year and a half that had passed by, it just felt compounded. Like it was just, it it felt, yes, the city's back. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad as, as a runner, you were feeling the same exact thing. And we had a lot of athletes that we had coached who were running and they they all said the same thing. I have a funny story. I uh, I had you on my tracker and I was at mile 20 and a half in the Bronx, like right before you get on the bridge to get back on the. And as I was making a video, I started making a video when the men's elite field went by and I, I was with my group and I started my video when we thought like Kenanisa Bikele was going to come in because he's running New York for the first time. And I, I kind of followed my camera. I like, followed him all the way as he was running and then someone later on pointed out hey wasn't that were you making a video of Anna who just you know who just <laughs> went by wasn't wasn't she on your podcast I was like what Anna just went by and then I look at my video I have a video of you like unintentionally of like going going through mile 20 so I'll send it to you later but it was it was it was a funny little moment of like getting caught up in something and then getting something else you know joyful and unexpectedly and yeah I'm, I'm looking at the video I'm like she's smiling through mile 20 at like you know, oh like, boy oh, well <laughs> but I know but uh, I know she's fighting inside <laughs> no please send it I was I felt pretty good to be honest I you know when you're going through Opry Cyphers Avenue everybody everybody was there I was like ah. so I was like oh. it was so cool I 
I stopped like no, I, stopped. I run by work and every, my co-workers they had a big pose ah no no I was like hi you know I wave I blow kisses but then after mile 23rd I start feeling a little sick I was like like vomiting <laughs> I think I took too many gels um but I think the gels really helped me to get the energy going however I think I should have taken maybe less so then after taking my my gel I was like oh I feel like sick like uh queasy there so I'm like I feel like I want to vomit like and this happened like mile 24 like my by mile 24 I was like oh no now I'm feeling sick every thirst everything starts like hurting my legs like I still feeling fatigue however I never slow down the pace like I feel like I kept the pace the same pace I didn't slow down but just like the the sickness so I say just do not open the mouth because otherwise I will vomit and then I'm done. I'm like two more miles. So in that moment, it just became mental and everybody was, you know, I just couldn't hear anything. I was just like, let's just go, let's go, let's focus, go. Like it was just like a black, dark moment. I crossed the finish line. And then at the moment that I crossed the finish line, I just start vomiting. <laughs> like one liter. I mean, no kidding. It was like, a girl next to me is like, how come a tiny little girl can vomit it all up? <laughs> I was like, I did. And, and I remember everybody like rushing the wheelchair. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just, I just feel good afterwards. I'm like, I'm fine. You're um, like, put the wheelchair away. I've been holding this for two miles. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm okay. Everybody, and they took me, they rushed me to the medical um, tent. And I remember I started crying there because I was like, like the nurses, doctors were there and they were like, Bravo. and I was like, I'm a nurse too. So Aww. I feel because now they are taking care of me. You know, you should like take care of, of my mm-hmm. patients. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. It was just like a really nice feeling, you know? Yeah, but otherwise, that was just the last two miles. Otherwise, I feel really, really good throughout the course. I really enjoy it. I'm actually wanted to run a little faster. Um, just like 243 I really wanted to do 243 but yeah but you know I'm happy I'm happy it's about 30 seconds PR in the marathon for New York so I'm happy with that yeah sorry I'm happy difficulties I was gonna say that's a really big PR in the marathon 30 seconds that's really good that's amazing I was Um, thinking New York it's it's a hard one I mean I forgot how hard but I'm like oh it is hard and especially running the last six miles by yourself I'm like oops uh, when were you did you do the last six by yourself or were you still with Leanne and no wow oh no, I actually left Leanne around mile um 17 or 18 so yeah more than six yeah so it was kind of tough by yourself that's really but, tough yeah yeah but um but no we I mean before that we worked really well together it was really good and after that, we we had like a dinner for the elite, um, and I was like eating like crazy. I remember, ah, eat like beef steaks and like just everything. That's so good. It's yeah. amazing your mental fortitude that it happened for twenty four miles. And I mean, I know it's just between like about you know thirteen minutes and change left, but it's an eternity when you knew when you get into a situation it's an eternity even doesn't matter you know in a, in a marathon you know the, those last two miles but just to to feel that way and 
for you to say, okay, I'm just going to block this out. If I can just hang on to this and just, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll cross the finish and unload if we have to, but yeah, <laughs> just yeah, hang yeah. in there for now. That's yeah. amazing. Um, How long do they keep you in the medical tent for? Uh, probably like 15 minutes. Okay. That's not bad. There were so not too bad, but they were like, be careful. Don't get up. It's like, <laughs> okay. okay, Yeah. Like really cute. <laughs> Yeah. and then when i left i said goodbye and everybody's like just cheering me like bravo that was really nice <laughs> and i was crying too i was mm-hmm. like oh. of course and then i find out after that that i was on tv i have no clue so then my family's like sending me videos of me talking while i was running i'm like, oh. I'm like what i like everything makes sense now <laughs> yeah from next to Molly Settle I was that was a very big surprise I'm like oh so I was crying and crying it was so emotional day I was like I can't believe it it was just like a dream honestly I couldn't believe it it was just like very I was so overwhelmed with these feelings so my version of the day was I'm in Massachusetts so I wasn't able to be there in person but I had the broadcast on at home and I was getting ready for work that morning and I was in my bedroom and the TVs in the living room and I heard them introduce you. I heard the segment on the news and I came out and I was like, oh my God, it's Anna, it's Anna. And then I saw you starting next to to, um, Molly and it was just like, I just felt so happy for you and so proud of you and like really pleased to have this relationship with you already knowing you. One thing I wanted to ask you just, (laughs) how did you feel like the week after, like physically, but also emotionally, because that's like a big it's a big high. Uh, emotionally, I I feel fine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I took two weeks off. Um, so I think I, f- I feel good emotionally. I miss the training. Isn't it crazy? <sighs> the training cycle, I think that's what I enjoy the most. Just mm-hmm. with the training with the group, with the girls. I love the aspect of the training for a marathon. Just during the the training process i really love it i i know it's crazy it's like are you running 23 miles per hour? i'm like yes and I'm, i i love it i enjoy it and that's what i enjoy running with different people because that's what is the running community just run with everyone you know i love that's why i love new york city because it's really very cool and i've been feeling fine yeah i've been uh kind of like going party a lot i will say <laughs> I had some birthday parties, some celebration with the runners. So, so a lot of dancing I've been doing. So different now. Yeah, you're a great dancer, I've heard. <laughs> That's my hobby. I love dancing. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what are your future running goals from here on? Um, I will. Oh, I don't know. I might do. Might might do um maybe houston uh i'm not sure if new york uh houston half or houston marathon i mean i already have all the training so i don't really want to take a lot a big break because for me to get back to the training and everything it takes a while so i think if i feel okay in december i think i will go for it and if the weather is okay in in texas because you never know it can be very hot so i won't run mm-hmm. it yeah good luck will and be and maybe new york city half or i'm definitely going to do brooklyn half 
mm-hmm. love that one. That was in, that's that's my favorite one. The half marathon you ran when you were 10, does that event still take place? Maybe, yes. It's pretty popular. I bet, yep, I think so. Yeah. Any thoughts of going back to that at some point? I know. Everybody's like, come back. And I mean, <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, I will do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be something awesome. I just I, I just thought of that. I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, yeah. this many years apart, all this running in between and like almost, you know, a couple of worlds apart, you know, you were that life was you had in Mexico and you came. It's it's amazing to see the bits in which it happened, right? Like you mm-hmm. were the initial plan. It was just to be here for a year and it was just to learn English. And then it kind of, you know, kept changing into <laughs> into permanence here. And we, we are lucky to have you here. And, you know, Aww. so that's that's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I want to mention I went back to uh, Mexico, to my hometown to run the marathon, the first marathon I ran mm-hmm. uh, when I was 18 years old. Uh-huh. And I ran, this is like uh, probably four years ago. Yeah. And I did it. Um, I got second place general and I was, I didn't feel that well, honestly. I, it, it is very hard to run in, I don't know, because the weather is very hot and it's a little high altitude there. So I'm not sure the combination of both I just didn't feel good but I you know I did like three hours flat but it was okay but I had like the experience Mm. and I remember I was like oh it doesn't feel as fun as the first time when I run it (laughs) because I compared with New York and it's nothing like New York nothing like you know I was running by myself nobody was there I was like oh (laughs) no it was kind of it 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 was boring (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about the running culture or, you know, running's importance in the, in, in the culture of Mexico in, in, or if there are any differences? Um, I, I know there's a rich history, right? Like there are different stories all across, all across Mexico. Even here, there are a lot of clubs that are uh, Mexico based. I'm just wondering if you like, you obviously start there and you, you know, you've kind of come out of there and you you know now you're running here but then I'm, I'm just curious like what your what your perspective is if you can shed any light on that yeah well when I left my hometown Torreon the running culture it wasn't that big no mm-hmm. no like just put your shoes on and just run outside that's it they didn't have any kind of themes they didn't have the financial support for runners in my hometown so I always have that impression about Mexico. That's mm-hmm. why when I came to New York, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, all these things, the culture, they all run together. Because in Mexico, you just always you're running solo. Mm-hmm. So so then um, I went back to Mexico City this year, back in Mar- in May. So I was, I'm like, I'm just going to train there. I was training there. And then I, I met my friend, uh, Sonia. She's a very good friend of mine. I was like, let me take you to the very cool places in Mexico City for running. I say, great. So she did. And I went and I discovered that the Mexico culture, the, the running community, it's um, it's great. It's like New York City. I went there on a weekend. I went to the UNAM and I saw like a lot of teams running, competing. They, they had like virtual racing races going on. So I was like, oh, that's the Dromo. Dromo is like the biggest team in Mexico City. And they're like, they have like the elite runners there. And I met them and we talked. And then the next day we went for a run together. It was just super cool. I was like, wow, I didn't know about this. This Mexico, like the running is pretty it's pretty popular now and the, the runners are very competitive so it's totally a different perspective now and 
and uh, perhaps today I some some of the teammates from Dromo uh, came to New York and I ran with her today. We just had like a really nice run. Um, so yeah, it, it's very different now. Mm-hmm. I love it. At the end of our episodes, we like to ask our guests if they would offer our listeners one training tip. Training tip for like a marathon or anything, life running. <laughs> My training tip will be recovery. I take recovery very serious. And I think that's been helping me a lot. Um, I do not run when I'm working because I work 13 hours on my feet the whole day. uh, And it's very intense where I work. So I think that's helped me so much for the New York City Marathon that I've been running five days a week with less mileage. And I think that was the key, just recovery. And when it are my when I do my easy days, it's just just go easy. I just definitely like just jog and just recover. And that makes sense that I will do my workouts. I will have quality workouts and that's been working. That's a great tip. And I think it's hard to follow those, but I think once one starts doing them and you see the benefits, it's like no turning back. What, may I ask what your what you topped out at mileage wise for New York? What your peak week was? Seventy five. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. And I just did seventy five one time. To be honest, yeah. the otherwise seventies, sixty five seventies, and for instance, for two thousand nineteen, I went up to one hundreds. And also for the when I was training for the Olympic trials, I went up to one hundreds. And I just feel like race day, I just didn't have the energy. Mm. So I'm like. 2019 it was okay but I did just feel like fatigued from the beginning I just didn't have the energy I mean it's not for everybody you know I, there are amazing runners that I can do up to 100 but you have to see your lifestyle as well yeah it's easy to think that running is over here and what you do all day is over here but it's really they're so intertwined and I work with athletes who have very physical jobs and I try to impart to them how important it is to consider that part of their physical exertion and that you have to have a lower week if you're doing overtime. I'm getting older. I'm 39. So I definitely recovery works better for me. <laughs> When's <laughs> your birthday? Uh, October 16. I just turned 39. So. Okay, good. So we'll never be in the same age group. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm 44. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I turned 45 in the summer, so I'm safe. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, but I'm glad that we're on the same running team. Amazing. We're both on Dashing Whippets, which is fantastic. That's amazing. I didn't know. It's just, that group is huge. It's huge. And they're really supportive, especially, um, you're not a master's runner yet, but when you turn 40, there's like, it's just so, there's such a great group for my experience as a master's runner, they're just so supportive. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. No, no. I, I really love it. And I, I know the girls and I'm having fun. Good. I, I am very lucky to be there. And it was so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Oh, thank you so much. I hope you went well. <laughs> yes. Anna, this was really great. Yeah. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. Finally, right? We got a date, but we 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 made it happen. So yes, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Next time in person again. <laughs> I know. I remember that time. That was really cool. It this was fun. Was and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.